this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Stephanie Rakanski with us also known as Step the Realtor she is the principal broker and owner of Red Frog Realty she has earned her place on Business First prestigious list of 40 and 40 she was nominated as Ernst and Young's Entrepreneur of the Year and founded a company that was named one of the top 5 startups in Midwest with this and many other accomplishments let's welcome our today's guest Stephanie Rekanski. Stephanie, welcome to the show. So, Red Frog Realty, I heard it. Please tell us the story again. So, the story of Red Frog Realty is, first of all, I was kind of just looking for different ideas for a brokerage that could have stood out. And I realized that Red Frogs in nature have different meanings, but one of the meanings is a, a symbolized transformation, prosperity, and change. And so, I felt like that was a great symbol for people in real estate transactions because that's what they're typically trying to look for. They're looking for a change, they're looking to grow. And so, that made me smile. But what I loved was the fact that two years prior to the brokerage starting, I asked people about names and what they liked about them. And they told me different ideas. Two years later, I went back and everyone remembered Red Frog Realty. (laughs) Nobody's forgetting this name even after listening to this podcast. So tell us something interesting about you. Something interesting people might not know about you, Steph. Yeah. So when most people meet me, I think they have a very specific idea of who I am. A lot of people think that I'm younger than I am, which most people think is great. I don't. I've done a lot in my career, certainly real estate, getting close to a decade here in real estate, but I've been everything from a software engineer for the largest consulting firm in the world. I've been a stockbroker. I was the number one financial advisor in my region, which was Southern New England. I've been chief legal officer of an Ohio corporation, taught yoga. (laughs) I've uh, owned a PR company that did some of the largest sporting events in the world. So I think when people meet me, they don't realize my sort of depth of background. I was also vice president of marketing for a snack food company. I mean, and and these are just sort of the highlights I've done even more. I think people are really surprised when they hear about my background. Yeah, so there is a lot of depth to the personality that we are seeing today. And not just the smiling Stephanie as I know. (laughs) Okay, so tell us about the entrepreneurial bug. When did you thought that I want to get into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so... Really early on, when I was nine years old, I was flooding my backyard with a hose and pulling out worms and selling them for bait. I lived near two lakes. And so I was selling bait at nine years old. Ten years old, I went around and created a dog walking network in my neighborhood. At, wow. at 12, I was mucking out stalls for horse farmers in the area. And by 14, I had an entire babysitting network of people where people called me and I slotted in there. It was almost like a, one of the companies today where they provide child care. I was on the phone saying, I have someone for you at 7.30 p.m. I was 14 years old. So I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so starting at nine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. With <No>. worms. <laughs> <laughs> And in your opinion, what do you think is most important trait for an entrepreneur to succeed? Grit. Entrepreneurship looks very glossy on magazine covers and some social media interviews. What it takes to be a successful entrepreneur is doing a lot of things that you don't like doing, is persevering when there's a ton of pressure, is continuing on when all the people around you seem to sort of fall away. It takes a lot of grit to be really successful. It's not all the shiny things at all. 
it's not shiny at all and like most of the times it's appearing shiny but behind the scenes only an entrepreneur knows what is doing and why is doing or <laughs> you can picture me mucking out the stalls that's pretty much i mean that's what's you know real estate is not that much different you know yeah i'm scrubbing floors the last minute for a listing i'm you know doing all kinds of things that aren't glamorous at all and the house look glamorous because of you by the way <laughs> <laughs> So, how did you manage to grow your business so far? What was the plan and how did you manage? So, the plan from the beginning has been really slow growth and really sticky growth. I am designing a brokerage that's unlike anything else that I know of. There is a lot of emphasis on not just a home, but on an entire place to live, a community, getting to know each other. We just did a manifestation and meditation event where we had people come in and talk about their dreams and what they want. We're doing a tour of my fair city of Columbus, Ohio on a bus with the former director of the Ohio Historical Society just to give some like inside scoop as to where people live. And I've had people do this before who have lived here their entire lives. And they said they didn't, didn't know about 90% of it. So really connecting people with themselves, with each other, with their community. That's a lot of what we're doing at our brokerage and becoming the premier name in the city of Columbus, particularly with relocations. So as people are coming in, they just don't want four walls. They want a community. Yes. And we are doing a lot of work with that to help people kind of find that community. So beginning with within to outside, you are taking exactly yes. And uh, tell us about the difficulties. What difficulties are you facing as a broker right now? So it's a very challenging business as always. I feel like the heat has been turned up a notch even lately, and I'm seeing a lot of people break under pressure. Whether it's just walking away from responsibilities, not being ethical, which is actually something I'm really working on right now with some deals where the other side is doing things that I cannot believe, just try to get things through. And obviously there's going to be a lot of repercussions there. Yeah, I think pressure is really turning people into the some of the worst. And then, you know, on the other side, like diamonds, with pressure, some people really shine. So, <laughs> but I, I feel like we're, we're in a spot right now where there's a lot of pressure and, and I feel like people are buckling and and so there's a lot of sort of cleaning up that process. Yeah, so there is going to be coal and there is going to be diamonds. Yes, exactly. And we're seeing a lot of that right now. Yes, of course. And uh, tell us about the home buying process. Since most of the home buying, selling or whatever industry has shifted online, right? Yeah. People are looking at, for homes online and they're reaching out online. So how do you look at online space altogether and social media like Instagram, which is trending, YouTube, which is people are searching out. So how do you look at it altogether? From a social media perspective, there's several strategies for me personally in my personal real estate business. It's a lot of just being authentic letting people know who I am, giving people information they can use in small bites, right? Not overwhelming people, being the friendly advisor that they're looking for to begin with, and also someone that they know they can trust, right? Giving them information that's valid. I've heard, I went to a, a talk the other day that gave all kinds of statistics and they were not valid. I looked them up and they were, it was just sort of a, a really embossed, if you will, presentation with numbers that were embossed. If I went back and looked at the numbers, they weren't true. And so I love being that trusted resource. And that's how I do it for myself personally. For the brokerage, we do a lot of content that again, encompasses the entire city. We want to empower and bring up small business owners. We want to talk about events that are happening that people are interested in. Events and ideas and things that people are drawn to, we want to be that content provider. 
provider, not necessarily about homes at all. But for the homes, especially our listings, we do all kinds of things where we highlight even just one, one idea. I have a listing right now where the great thing about this home is that it has a very large master suite at the top, primary suite. And then on the first floor, it has an in-law suite with a built-in full bath with one step. You don't see that very often, right? So we just do a video on that one feature. And that's going to go out to people who are really looking for that. And it's really important, right? Again, breaking down things into small bites, giving people the content that they want, getting them interested, and people will come <laughs> to all of our online stuff. So are these videos that you make or content that you make video format? Because, you know, people are, because of TikTok, people have shifted to smaller forms of videos. So are these video forms of content or any other form of content that you make? I would say 60-40 video to not. Certainly, you know, <laughs> I'm a little bit older than the TikTok generation, but I try. I try to do some of the TikTok stuff. Typically, the videos are... 10 seconds to a minute, which is a really long time in social media land. But I definitely do make a cognizant effort to do some of the one to three to five second videos, just because I know that audience needs that too. Yes, of course. And now that we are at this point, let's say you had $10,000 extra, okay, on your budget. Where mm -hmm. would you want to spend it and why? So I think we do a pretty good job on the online space. What I'd want to do is find people who can influence my business, whether it's leaders in, in the community, whether it's movie producers, I don't know who, who, like a list. And I want to engage with them in experiences that they've never had before. It doesn't have to be big. I went to an Ethiopian restaurant the other day that had some of the best tea ever. It was cardamom, cinnamon tea, and the food was great. And I just, you know, was with who I was with and I said, you know, this is great. This is a unique experience for me. I want to create unique experiences for everyone that I'm with. So whatever conversation I'm having with them, they're going to remember it. Just like the frog, right? Mm -hmm. I want them to remember me. I want them to remember the conversation that we had. And I want them to never forget about me. And that's not going to happen with online marketing. I want them to really, really connect mm -hmm. with me. I want them to have a great experience. And I want to, in the future, be able to reach out to them and say, hey, let's collaborate. Yeah, I get it. So that's where the $10,000 are going. Mm -hmm. So Stephanie, tell us about your favorite quotation. What keeps you energized? Yeah, big on integrity. And 15 years ago, I actually had the chance to have lunch with Warren Buffett in Omaha. And so I'm a big Buffett fan and also obviously the investing side and the stockbroker side. So one of the things he said was, I'm going to read it because I don't have it in my head. Look for three things in a person, intelligence, energy, and integrity. If they don't have the last one, don't even bother with the first two. Wow. Uh, and I feel like I definitely do that every day. I don't remember the quote verbatim, but I, I live by sort of that. Integrity is everything. Integrity is everything. I agree with you on that. And uh, tell us about the book that you're writing. Finally, if you were to write a book, what would you name it? And why would you name it? I would name it Drive. And the reason I would do that is perhaps a more obvious reason. I've had a lot of drive to do a lot of the things that I've done between all of my three graduate degrees in MBA, um, a law degree and a master's in international negotiation. But going back to what people probably don't know about me is that in 2009, I was in a head-on car crash with a massive brain injury. What? I couldn't really walk or talk. And I spent six years in rehab and trying to regain all of my functions. I couldn't move my eyes without getting dizzy. Oh I had to go to eye therapy. I had to go to occupational therapy, speech therapy. I would slur my words. I would, couldn't talk. I couldn't walk. And so, <laughs> so a lot of my life has been shifted because of drive, driving in that case. And then all the drive that I've had my entire life to get sort of 
from that spot where I was told I would never work again to where I am today. Oh my God. So you have a very long story, which is difficult to cover in one podcast episode. But the drive by Stephanie Rekinski, if it comes out, do read out. <laughs> do read it <laughs> podcast because it will have a lot of insights. With that mm-hmm. said, that was today's episode of the Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you, Stephanie. It was great having you today. Thank you so much. My name is Kiran Agra. Signing off. You guys take care. Bye, guys.